This Wellness Couch podcast proudly brought to you by the Nourish Me Organics Gut Health Gurus podcast hosted by food scientist Kribben Govinda. If you're fascinated by all things gut health, the microbiome, fermented foods, mental health, mitochondrial health and more, then search for the Nourish Me Organics Gut Health Gurus podcast on your favorite podcast app and get listening. I'm Kim Forrester and welcome to Eudaimonia, the podcast that is all about flourishing. More than just the mundane or pleasure and pain, Eudaimonia calls for us to create a good life. It's about fulfillment, inspiration, joy. So plug in, relax and get ready for the goodness as we explore the characteristics and daily practices that can help you, your loved ones and your community flourish. What does it mean to have strength? Does being a strong person mean we overpower or simply stand in our power? Kim Farmacus Stevenson is an international level powerlifter who has worn the green and gold for Australia numerous times and has secured some exceptional achievements including gold at the Commonwealth Games, silver at the World Champs, gold at the Asia Oceania Games and countless Australian Asian, Oceanic and Commonwealth records. Kim also has a passion for empowering women to be strong, both emotionally and mentally, and she is an empowered eating specialist, freeing women from emotional eating. It is my great pleasure to be connecting with Kim today to explore how our lives are enhanced when we confront our own frailties and work to develop greater physical, mental and emotional strength. Kim, it's such a delight to have you on the Eudaimonia podcast. How are things there in Canberra today? A little bit cold, which is typical for Canberra in winter, but a sunny day is always helpful and makes me happy. Well, I'm really excited to be talking to you about strength today. And I think firstly, because strength has such a negative connotation for many people these days. Look, it's often associated with aggression, overpowering others, brute force, you only have to look at these so-called strongman autocratic leaders that are gaining popularity around the world. But what does strength mean to you? I have a legacy, actually, to blend femininity with strength and teach women that their strength actually comes from inner strength. And it's looking at your demons and facing your fears and breaking through the shackles of your past. It doesn't matter how traumatic it was. It's letting go of your past so that you can step into your space and be confident and be strong. And I do believe that like those leaders that you're referring to, that's actually coming from a place of ego, which is very, very different from coming from inner strength. And what they're doing is coming from a place of insecurity and not looking at their own stuff where They're trying to project their ego and their significance onto other people. And that's a very different strength to the strength that I try and impart with my clients and also myself, which is about that inner strength. And it's very different to egotistical strength. Well, yes, because overpowering others through a sense of of lack of self-worth is actually a weakness, isn't it? Oh, I absolutely agree. And it's coming from wanting to berate or hurt or put down, not build people up. And as women, 
we need to knit together and build each other up, not tear each other down. And that's that masculine, overpowering, aggressive strength that tears people down. And that doesn't, as a world, bring us together. Now, let's talk about you for a bit here. You started powerlifting in your youth, but even while you became physically strong, you were dealing with self-esteem issues and eating disorders. What triggered the internal change for you, the internal healing? Did becoming physically stronger help you gain emotional and mental strength or was the healing process the other way around? It's a bit of a chicken and egg kind of situation. So the light bulb moment was actually when I was doing bodybuilding and I'd got down to my goal body fat percentage and goal weight for stage and then I was sabotaging my results and that was the week before comp. In the background, I also had my marriage breaking down and I was spiraling out of control, binging, even though I was stepping on stage as an athlete. So I knew something was wrong and I had to face my demons, had to face my childhood stuff to be able to get mentally and emotionally stronger. Mm. So the two kind of went hand in hand and as my physical strength has actually increased, So is my confidence and my ability to stand in my space. But alongside that journey, I've also done a lot of self-development, worked on all my childhood coding and all my thoughts and beliefs about myself. So the two have basically just grown together is the best way to put that. You often talk about in, in your work and in your interviews, you talk about how inner strength and physical strength are inextricably linked. Is that correct? Is that how you have found it as you have grown in strength outside and inside? Absolutely. And also when I coach women, when I make, let's say for their back, I make their back a lot stronger through strength training, they actually stand up better. They have better posture. They're open in their body language because they've got the confidence. So that physical strength of drawing the short blades back actually carries on to the way that they perceive themselves and what they think of themselves. And Jordan Peterson actually pops in his book about your serotonin level actually increases if you have an upright posture. Well, Mm -hmm. I'm creating that strength for these women to draw their shoulder blades back and actually face the world. It plays out in a physical sense but also in a mental sense as well. Wow. So the strength that you are talking about and working with and teaching is not necessarily about being able to lift the bar or being able to do chin-ups. What you're talking about is as simple as just the way we hold ourselves as we walk through the world. Absolutely. And look, you appear to have some very clear goals and a very defined sense of determination around what it is that you'd like to achieve. Has becoming strong physically, mentally and emotionally helped you become better at setting and accomplishing your goals Or have you always sort of had a great sense of ambition? I've always had ambition. However, I have sabotaged my own results as well. So there's always been layers of me unlayering all of my childhood coding to be who I am today. But another example, and I used the bodybuilding one earlier, another one was I used to choke in my comps. So I do really well in my training in the gym and get – my bench press that I needed for comp in the gym. But when it came to comp day, I'd actually choke. And what that actually came down to was my need for perfectionism. 
my need to be loved because I was perfect and I put so much pressure on myself come comp day that I'd actually choke. So part of my journey has been letting go of perfectionism because if I kept going with that need to be perfect and for everybody to love me, then I would keep sabotaging my comps and I keep choking and I wouldn't be able to stand on the world stage like I have done if I didn't face those demons of being perfect. Wow. So let's talk about a couple of things there because a lot of people would relate to the idea of actually having an ambition and having a dream and feel like you're working towards it and then actually having these little unconscious sabotaging thoughts and beliefs and behaviours. So I love that you bring that up. But you also bring up there the fear of imperfection. Do you think that we actually expect too much of ourselves and others these days? And how does this undermine our strength? I definitely believe that we as a society, are outsourcing our own self-worth. And in my belief, if you outsource your self-worth, you're never going to actually achieve it because nobody's going to meet that expectation of self-worth. So things like comparing ourselves to others and allowing others to make us feel bad. And I've got actually a really good response for those when other people are trying to berate you and make you feel low and put you down. I just turn around and say, are you trying to make me feel bad? And what you're doing is you're putting the ball back into that person's court and also looking at your people-pleasing behavior and why you are trying to escape by outsourcing your self-worth to other people. Well, you bring up a great point there because it seems to me that one way we weaken our position in the world is literally by giving our power away to others. So in your view, what are some of the ways that we give our power away and How does this weaken our emotional, mental and spiritual standing in the world around us? I do believe that when we seek others to fulfill our need, Mm. then that is outsourcing our self-worth, using unresourceful behaviour such as binge eating or binge drinking or binge shopping. Mm. It doesn't actually have to be a substance as such, it can be spending money that's well beyond your means. And all that is, is looking for that way to escape, which actually weakens our standing in the world. And we're not standing in our own truth. But most of us, well, no, all of us go through life seeking validation in some form or another. I mean, when you step up on the stage and you lift a particular weight, are you not looking for validation from from the judges in that regard? So how do we go through life completely devoid of the need for validation or appreciation from the people around us? Or is that not quite what you're talking about? I don't know if we can ever escape it completely, but I think it's got to come from within majority of our own self-worth and self-love actually has to come from within maybe using the 80 20 rule 80 percent of our self-worth needs to come from within that 20 percent can come from the judges or uh, friends family social media if people seek validation through there but a good 80 percent actually comes from within that's my belief and so I guess the, the question is how do we strengthen that inner voice that is actually validating and uplifting and self-inspiring? How have you begun to become more self-empowering in the way that you talk to yourself? Journaling 
why I have certain behaviors. So I will go look back through my childhood and my past to see how did I come about to have that certain thought and belief about myself. For example, my need to be perfect, that actually came from my biological father leaving when I was two. Mm. And I needed to be perfect for everybody to love me because there was something wrong with me. Journaling around your past, meditating, Mm. mantras such as I am worthy or I am enough because that recodes the subconscious brain. All of those things, doing things that fill up my cup. So sometimes I encourage clients to look back at their childhood what did they do as a child that made them feel happy and joyful for me it's role lighting so it's doing things that nurture your soul because when you show you that you love you then you show up differently in the world and one of the suggestions I'm going to make is the five love languages by Gary Chapman an amazing book but how I use it for my clients is and myself is to actually show you that you love you in your love language So my love language is physical touch and spending time. So physical touch is covering myself in beautiful Aesop moisturizer Mm. so that I feel like I've done something beautiful for myself to show me that I love me. Taking off to the beach and spending time by myself is another way for me to show that I love me. So it's showing up and showing itself that you love you, recoding with mantras, and looking at your past behaviors and why do you think like you do and unpacking where unresourceful thoughts and behaviors have come from. That sounds awesome. You Look, you also in your work speak a lot about the fear of judgment and the fear of failure. And I know you aspire for people to become strong enough to receive feedback and strong enough to fail. Why do you think we resist these, let's face it, inevitable factors of life? <laughs> And what happens to our inner strength when we become more welcoming of feedback and failure? I do believe the more that you get comfortable with failure and the more that you step out of your comfort zone because you're okay with failure, the confidence you have. And I'm really lucky that in the gym, that's a beautiful way to learn how to fail. And I've failed spectacularly on a world stage as well. And it's getting comfortable with that failure and not making it mean anything about myself. Mm. And there's always learning. I have a saying that there's no such thing as failure, only feedback and learning. Going back and going, okay, what do I need to learn about that? Uh, An example, when I've been up on the platform, I used to listen to heavy metal because I'm a 90s child and I love (laughs) heavy metal. But that got me too excited and too ramped up that I would forget my cues when I'm stepping out into the platform. Mm. So I now listen to Miley Cyrus. Because it's a lot more calming and enables me to center myself. So it's that there's no such thing as failure, only feedback and learning. What have I learned about that situation? Okay, I need to be calm. So I think looking at why you failed and how can you do things differently gives you those tools and strategies. And just getting straight back up again. Yes, you failed. It doesn't mean anything about yourself. Get straight up, back up. And keep going. It's, for example, we wouldn't have a light bulb if Thomas Edison didn't keep pushing and pushing and pushing and failing and failing and failing. Mm. We wouldn't have a light bulb. So it's that example of just keep going and just keep moving forward. Importantly, too, what I'm picking up there is that we need to stop seeing failure as a weakness. Um, Absolutely. 
not just in ourselves, but in others. So perhaps we need to be more careful in the way that we respond when others have a perceived failure in their life. What would be the best way to enable others when they have fallen, when they have made a mistake or have a learning to do? Um, What would be a great way for them to see the strength within themselves? How could we enable someone to do that? I would definitely start with the question like, what did you learn from this and what will you do differently? So trying to find where they've got evidence of being successful in other areas of their life, that way they can map across that skill set. It's an example that if a client is not doing so well with her food but she's been able to save for a house, well, then I go, you've got the discipline to be very careful with your money. I know that you've got the skill set to be careful with your food. So finding where she's got evidence prior to be able to map across to whatever we're working on at that current situation. That's great. But I want to go back to another part of the question earlier on, and that is about the fear of feedback, because I think that this is a huge thing for many of us in that it's not easy to hear other people tell us where we need improvement. What has been your experience with receiving criticism and feedback and how have you become stronger at receiving it and utilizing it for for the greatest good? Definitely find people that you trust that are on your level. Uh, Especially here in Australia, we have tall poppy syndrome. Mm -hmm. If people are perceived as successful, other people try and pull them down. So when you do get feedback, look for people on your level because if they're below you, they might be trying to just pull you down to their level because that makes them feel comfortable. Also, I pay my coach twice a week to actually give me criticism and feedback. So I've got comfortable with receiving feedback. So getting more and more comfortable with people that you trust that are on your level to give you that feedback. So not all criticism is constructive. Some people are coming from a space of wanting to tear you down. So that's why definitely only listen to the people that care about you, that love and respect you, that are giving you criticism, as opposed to the one-star review on Amazon or on your book or any kind of nasty comments that you get on Facebook or YouTube because that's coming from a keyboard warrior. It's not coming from someone that you love and trust. So there's that distinction there. So when you talk about not listening to the people necessarily who are below you, I guess you mean in terms of expertise or in experience or in skill set. Is that what you mean by below you? So it is people with expertise, but also those that do it from a place of love. And that may not necessarily be family. Sometimes family do want to pull you down because that way you stay the same as them mm. and you might be sticking out of, the family norm by going for a promotion and earning more money than, say, your parents, Mm. then if they're tearing you down, it's not coming from a place of love. It's coming from their own ego. Well, actually, that's an incredible point that you bring up there because as we change in ourselves, particularly as we become stronger, more empowered, wiser, more ambitious, more successful in whatever way that resonates with us personally, people around us can actually react to that in really unpleasant or negative ways as you have become stronger physically, emotionally, mentally. How have the people around you reacted to that? 
I'm very choosy in who I give my energy to and who I allow in my world. Mm. So there has been occasions where I've identified people as energy vampires and they will only get an hour of my time and I always make sure that I've got something to go to afterwards. So if somebody is dragging you down and you walk away from a catch-up that you feel negative, that's when you either need to declutter them from your life completely or limit the amount of time that you spend with them because they're going to try and drag you down. Even applies to family members. If you've got particular family members that drag you down and you have to go to a family event, go for a couple of hours and then leave. It's just so that you're not continually dragged down by other people because they're just trying to bring you back down to their level. Mm. They're trying to weaken you or drain you of your strength. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Now, Kim, the Eudaimonia podcast is all about flourishing in life. How has gaining greater strength helped you flourish in life? I've been able to chase down my dreams for powerlifting. I have turned up authentically to my friends. I have chased down my business goals and my legacy to touch, move and inspire women to have a healthy relationship with food. All of that has all interwoven Mm. into having that inner strength to then go chase down all my other dreams. And how do you feel about yourself now compared to, well, it was young Kim Stevenson back then who yes. <laughs> was trying to be perfect and was, you know, binge eating and had low self-esteem. How do you feel now compared to that, Kim? I love myself. I completely love myself and stand in my space and actually feel confident and I don't care if people judge me because I am me. I'm doing what I need to do in the world. I'm leaving a legacy. I'm changing people's lives. And I get a lot of fulfillment through my work, but also my personal life as well, which is very different to the me that hated what she saw in the mirror, that would binge and then purge because she felt guilty, that would have extremely negative self-talk, that would sabotage her own results in so many areas and just play small in life. It's a very different person and I wouldn't be who I am if I didn't go through my journey because there's a lot of gifts in there, but I'm now actually able to stand in my own space. And can I take you back to a couple of really important things I think you've brought up during the conversation? You've mentioned a couple of times that you are very choosy or you're careful. You are discerning about the people you spend time with or how much time you spend with certain people. Has that been a part of your growth and your gaining of strength as well? Did you used to be that discerning about around the way that you spent your time and your energy? Or is that something that has grown over time as you've become stronger within Definitely growing over time. My husband likes to say I like to rescue injured birds Mm -hmm. and find rescue kittens. I've now realized that that was me outsourcing my self-worth by trying to help everybody. And now it's do those people actually really want my help? Are they draining? And are they just wallowing in their victimhood just to stay small and drag me down with them? So I really, not only am I analysing myself, but analysing the quality of friendships that I have and whether or not I have to peel people away. And it's not having any guilt around 
peeling people away or decluttering friends mm. because you don't get to rise up and be the person you want to be if you stay small. And it may mean that you have to up-level your friends. And I've actually done that. I find I've got two particular really close friends who own businesses. I want to change people's lives. And they're the girlfriends that I hang out with because we're going to support each other. We're going to encourage each other's goals as opposed to tear each other down. So it's a very supportive environment and it's finding people that are playing life at the next level and spending more time with those. Being discerning around who you spend your time with can actually be seen as being judgmental or being nasty or being impolite. When in actual fact, choosing who you want to be with is actually a sign of strength. Is that how you see it? Yeah, and it's self-loving as well. Your time is precious, you are valuable, and you get to choose who you spend time with so that you can actually show up better for everybody else. So if you have one negative friend, they're going to drag you down, which means that overflow is going to drag you down with your other friends and they get impacted by you. So it's actually self-love and by actually decluttering that particular friend. I understand. And then when we rise, we actually inspire others to rise with us. Absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. So if you protect your energy and you rise up, you'll inspire other people in your life to rise up with you. Now, I am mindful, though, Kim, that there are many people who will never be able to attain the kind of strength that you've developed you know, physical strength, simply due to physical or medical barriers. We've talked a lot about inner strength, but you you say that it's entwined with outer strength. What is it that we should actually be aiming for in terms of becoming strong? Does a strong mind, heart, body have to look like the example that you have set? Absolutely not. It's you against you. And each week that you go into the gym, you try a little harder. You compete against yourself and make yourself better than you were yesterday. Mm. And if that's lifting a little bit more, then you've become stronger. Or it might be holding a yoga pose for that little bit longer because you've got that strength. Everybody is only against themselves. It's not comparing because when we compare, again, we're outsourcing our self-worth. So you're only competing against yourself and making yourself better than you were yesterday. And it can be as simple as pulling our shoulders back into that stronger pose that you were talking about before. Absolutely. Changing your physiology in your day-to-day world is also strength because your shoulders get used to holding yourself in that certain position as opposed to hunching forward. I love that. So simple. It's often so simple here on the Udemonic podcast. Now, you deal specifically with women who express their frailties, shall we say, Uh, through their relationship with food and eating. In your experience, what are the other unhealthy behaviours that stem from a sense of weakness? Earlier on you mentioned uh, binge shopping, for instance, but (laughs) how else can we recognise a sense of weakness or where we're giving our power away within ourselves? A lot of times it's the sabotaging behaviour. You might sabotage your relationship. You've had a beautiful night out with your partner or your husband and then you pick a fight at the end Mm. or you do really well, you get so close to your savings goal and then you just blow it on a handbag or you get so close to finishing your degree in uni 
and then go out partying the week before all your exams. So it's really looking at that sabotaging behavior in whatever area. Obviously, I pick it up a lot in ladies and their food. Mm. And generally, that also goes hand in hand with money. So those that eat everything on their plate will drain their bank account. Those that don't have structure around their money don't have structure around their food. Mm. So there's some big correlations between the two. But it's when we're sabotaging our own behavior in any capacity, we know that that's coming from a place of weakness and not dealing with the reasons why. There's always a reason why you're sabotaging your results. That's really powerful. I have people in my personal circle who sabotage their relationships. Every time a relationship is going well, they actually go and do something that destroys the relationship. And um, I know that there are people perhaps who in their career or their business, they get that big deal and then for some reason will talk themselves out of it. What is really important, I think, for us all to remember, though, is that it takes courage and it takes strength to look at those behaviours and not blame others or not blame life or not blame the world and understand that when these things are consistently happening to us, we are the common denominator and that it is us unconsciously sabotaging ourselves. Is that correct? Absolutely. And it comes back to a thought and belief about self. So, for example, your friend, it could be, and I'm not projecting, but it may be that she doesn't believe that she is worthy or lovable. Mm. So, of course, she's going to sabotage any good relationship she has because she doesn't believe that she is worthy of love or happiness. Same with someone that sabotages their promotion. I'm going to be visible, and am I good enough to be visible in this new position? Mm. That's really finding out where does this thought belief come from that they have about themselves and that is why they sabotage their own results. Really powerful, really important, I think, for us all to just reflect on as we go through, you know, our lives and and have these apparent failures um, happen to us. What have I contributed to this? And is this a sign of weakness? Well, not a weakness. Is this a sign of a frailty within me that I can strengthen? Absolutely. And Kim, my final question is one that I ask every guest on the Eudaimonia podcast. Can you recommend a morning reminder? So this might be a daily mantra, a practice, perhaps an affirmation that can help my listeners become stronger in their daily lives. Absolutely. Gratitude is number one. That's a definite uh, prayer and meditation. And maybe on a more so of a weekly basis is forgiving and releasing those that have done wrong by you. So if mm-hmm. I didn't forgive and release my biological father, then I wouldn't be able to be neutral about it and I would still be drinking the poison and hoping to inflict him. Mm-hmm. So forgiving and releasing other people for the wrongs that they've done by you is a very important part of the journey and that might be a weekly thing that you do, that you forgive those that have done wrong by you. And it might be small, it might be big, but whatever has happened that create a belief about yourself. So it's forgiving and releasing those. Uh, gratitude, definitely, and prayer and meditation. Kim Farmacus Stevenson, you work with a lot of women, helping them become stronger inwardly and outwardly. How do people get hold of you if they want to learn more? So my website is transformationsbykim.com. 
And my Facebook page is Transformations by Kim. And on my Facebook page, they'll find a lot of five-minute videos about tools and strategies that help in everyday life. It's not necessarily just about food, but other areas of their life as well. Well, it's been such a delight to chat to you today. And I really want to thank you for sharing all your insights on how we can become innately, beautifully, compassionately stronger. Absolutely. Thank you very much for helping me get the message out there that we can change who we are for the better. And I'm, I love when I connect with people that have the same value as me. So thank you, thank you, thank you. The renowned Hindu monk Swami Vivekananda once said, the world is the great gymnasium where we come to make ourselves strong. You've been listening to the Eudaimonia podcast. If you'd like to learn more about how to live a truly flourishing life, please subscribe and check out eudaimoniapod.com for more inspiring episodes. I'm Kim Forrester. Until next time, be well, be kind to yourself, and know that you are strong. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.